0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast, where we get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you have an issue getting sober, if you need resources, you can contact my line, 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. So what's up, everybody? What I want to talk about today was simply the insanity of addiction how crazy our thinking, our actions and behaviors are when we are in that process. It really does go against logic. It doesn't make any sense to the normal person who doesn't have addiction issues or tendencies in other areas of the life that they, that they can relate to. I mean, if you were to look, if you look at an addict from an outside perspective and look at how they act and what they do for the things that they're trying to get, it just doesn't make any sense. It would, it's kind of like, it's kind of like there's a, there's a, uh, there's a comparison in the big book that I really like. And it's kind of like if there was a person that continuously was jaywalking and every time they jaywalked across the street, they got hit by a bus you know what I mean? It's like, all right, if that happens once, like you think that they would learn their lesson. But the next time they jaywalk again, like a week later and they continue to get hit by this bus or, you know, they continue to, to get fines and shit continues to happen over and over again. And to the point where they just continue to jaywalk and they eventually die. <laughs> and it seems like a silly Example, because I know it's a little bit different than addiction. Obviously, drugs give us a solution of some sort, which jaywalking does not. But the point is to, to the regular human being, that's what it looks like. Regular people cannot understand why it is that you are chasing something that is killing you. It doesn't give you any long term value. It doesn't give you any solution in the long term. And it's all, based off of, it's all based off of instant gratification. And that instant gratification makes us do a lot of stupid shit. The truth of the matter is addiction is much deeper than just getting high. It's taking a break from the insanity of the mind. It's taking a break from not knowing how to cope. Basically, you don't know how to cope with your thoughts, feelings, emotions, and some sort of level of pain whether it be physical or mental, it solves that problem. It gives you that peace of mind. It gives you that thoughtlessness where you just are. And that is the feeling that we chase. For me, it was heroin and benzos. I chased that feeling forever, (laughs) forever and ever and ever. And it kept on going and kept on going until obviously so many consequences piled up. Where I'm like, damn, I think I got to try a different route here. Let me try a different way of living because the way I'm living right now is fucking insane. But when you're in the middle of it, you adopt this belief system that you just, you can't break. It's like, I remember, I'll never forget. And I've talked about this before. The first time I got high, I was nine years old and I smoked weed and it wasn't my idea at first. I didn't plan on smoking weed that day. But when I did, it it felt like I had found something that I never knew I was looking for. At fucking nine years old, I felt like that. and And it was all the things that came with it too. It was the sneaking around. It was feeling like I was doing something that I knew I shouldn't have been. And having to like figure out a way to get away with it, you know, that like that game. It was like a game to me at nine. And that feeling right there from being high and that belief system that came with it, I was chasing for the next 11 years of my life. Whether it was weed, whether it was Xanax, whether it was heroin, oxies, Coke, a little bit of alcohol here and there, like whatever that was, I felt like I could not break through and have that peace of mind sober it didn't exist i didn't know how to fucking i didn't know how to achieve that so i always felt like this was going to be the solution for the rest of my life every time there was pain it was there i knew what to buy all i needed to do was come up with the money and trust me i was very resourceful i would do whatever i had to do to get the money to get it and us addicts and alcoholics we find a way So the insanity that comes with it, it's like we are so – it's so embedded in us that this is going to help me right now. In this moment, this is going to help me. Yet we ignore all the shit that we do in the process of getting it. We ignore all the stuff that happens after we get it and we ignore all the emotions and feelings, shame, guilt, remorse – resentment, embarrassment, all of these things we ignore willingly in the process of achieving uh, in acquiring that next high. And you have to sit back and think like, how does this happen? <laughs> how do we act in such a way that it's like, clearly it's unacceptable. And yet we continue to do it over and over again. And we know it. And we are continuously, the only way that we can use drugs and alcohol for so long and cause so much destruction is by this ingrained way of manipulating and justifying our actions. We know it's not, we know it's not right, but hey, that guy drinks more than me. Therefore, it's not a problem. That's justification. Or, hey, if you had my problems, you would drink too that's denial. That's justification. Or, hey, I don't drink in the morning. Or I haven't used the needle yet. I haven't shot up heroin. I'm I'm only sniffing it. So is it really that bad? Denial, manipulation, justification. And it's kind of like being on a ship that is going on its way down and being like, well, we're not completely sunk yet. It's like, no, nah, dude, like, there's clearly, it's clearly a problem. There's clearly holes. There's fucking water in your boat. It's going down, you know, or when you switch drugs, here's another one that I really like. (laughs) This is stuff that I used to do. I mean, all the stuff I'm talking about is obviously from my own experience. So like, you know, I remember getting out of rehab. I was 18 years old. I clearly was not ready yet to get sober. Um, I did not want to be in treatment. However, when I got out, um, I was like, well, I'm just going to sell. I'm just going to hustle and I'll drink every now and again. And I, I remember going back up a little bit. Before I went into treatment, I clearly I wasn't planning on staying sober. So I had a bunch of Xanax, I had a bunch of pills, I, I had like eight, seven or eight grand and half a pound of weed at my house waiting for me i couldn't fucking wait i couldn't wait to get that back and then my mom told me she was like hey um we we're, we're actually going to redo your entire room we don't want you to have triggers we don't want you to feel you know we, we want to switch it up a little bit and i'm thinking in the back of my head holy shit you know they they redid the floors like they're re- they're redoing my whole spot and i had the whole upstairs to myself it was like a really i had a pretty sick pad up there and they're redoing the whole thing and i was like oh no this is not good this is now you don't have to redo the room <laughs> you know I, I remember my stomach turning in rehab once she told me that i was like oh please don't do that uh long story short Clearly, they found my stash. They got the money. They got <laughs> they got the money. They got all the weed and all that. It was rough. And um, however, still, right, the insanity of addiction. Coming back home, I was going to be different. It was going to be different this time. I wasn't going to. My plan wasn't to smoke weed. I was even going to try to stay clean. Smoking weed, and I wasn't going to do pills anymore. No heroin. No Xanax. No Oxys. Wasn't gonna smoke, but maybe I'll I'll drink every once in a while. What I end up doing, I ended up hanging out with the same friends. I started going back and doing the same shit like hustling and selling, with the same people in the same places. How long do you think I was sober for? I I don't even think I lasted like f- I want to say like four or five days, and it was by sheer like gritting my teeth and like just white knuckle in it like hardcore. And I shouldn't even say that because I was drinking. <laughs> like I told you, my genius plan was to drink. Um, so I c- clearly I was not ready for sobriety. And, and, and however, at this point in my life, I was 18 years old. I already had a DUI. I was on my way to picking up my second one within a, within a month, a month later, I would have picked up my second DUI car accidents is o- overdoses, I mean, you name it, by eighteen years old, it was a clear, clear problem for me. But I just was not willing to get honest with myself. I was not willing to break up with my best friend. That's what it felt like for me, guys. And I'm sure some of you can relate you might be thinking like listening to this right now, and and you think the drugs or the alcohol is your best friend. It's not. It's fucking robbing you. It's, it's robbing everything from you. It's like the toxic best friend or the toxic ex-girlfriend that you just know, you just know it's never going to work out long term. Your spirit knows it. You get spiritually sick being around this person. However, you have really good times together. <laughs> you, can't, you just can't stay away. You just can't get out of your own fucking way when it comes to this being with this person. You know, time stands still when you guys are together and you stay fixated on the – the chaos is a part of it. You stay fixated on the chaos and the good times. and But what you realize – what you fail to realize is that the time spent with this individual is stealing from your soul. It's stealing from your spirit, like from your true potential, from your true self. And that's what addiction is. I thought I thought I was going to smoke weed and do drugs for the rest of my life at a really young age. I, I thought that this was like the route for me. You know, I decided at a really young age that this was how I was going to get through life because it worked so well in the moment. It works so well temporarily. But I was, again, forgetting we have these built in forgetters. <laughs> Uh, in addiction, I was willingly choosing to forgo all the evidence that this was not a healthy relationship. This substance, this pill right here, I get in a lot of trouble when I take this. I get arrested when I take this. I cause a lot of pain to myself emotionally, mentally, physically when I take this. I embarrass myself. I become someone that I'm not truly meant to be. I steal, I lie, I manipulate, I fuck people over that I normally wouldn't, whether they know it or not. And I don't just mean like robbing them or taking money. I'm talking about stealing from their peace of mind. That's the biggest thing. Whether you're, whether you are a functional addict or not, you don't have to be a rock bottom drunk or a rock bottom addict to severely impact everybody else. That's not by choice. If you have an addiction, you are impacting everybody else. You're stealing from their peace of mind. You're stealing from people's energy. You're not allowing, you're not giving your true self to the relationships in your life. Therefore, they are, they are suffering. They are suffering from it. They're not getting your best. You're not the father that you're meant to be. You're not the son that you should be with to your mom. I'll never forget. Speaking on that, I'll never forget. It was Mother's Day. I think I was – man, was I 17 or 18? I don't think I was 19 because I think at 19 I was in jail. I, I was in jail or rehab at 19. So I was either 17 or 18 years old and it was Mother's Day. And my mom doesn't ask for a lot, dude. Like, you know, my mom is the best mom in the world and, you know, she just – I don't even know how she did the shit that she did, honestly. Like, I don't know how she raised me and my brothers. Um, yeah, just it was a crazy, crazy environment with, with all the stuff going on in that house. And the fact that she raised the three of us is just fucking bonkers. But anyway, she never asked. She never asked for much. And I remember I was so twisted on this Mother's Day. And it was a beautiful day. Not that I really remember it, but I remember – I know from pictures. And um, we we were – me and my brothers were out to eat with her. And there's this picture where I'm just like lost. Like – and she's just looking at me. Like she's smiling because she's trying to like – get through the day and just kind of like, you know, just kind of pretend like, you know, we're all a happy family and she just wants me to be present, you know, and there's this picture where she's just like looking at me and I'm just like, has this, I have this grin on my face, but you can tell I don't want to be there and I'm just in another world, you know, and it's shit like that we're not who we're supposed to be we're not who we can be we don't really give the people in our life what they deserve whether whether you think you're a functioning addict or not or you're not as bad as the next person it is that bad because you're not there for your people the insanity of addiction it robs you it robs your family and it robs every person that you can positively impact with reaching your potential, with doing good things, with being your best self, right? Think of it. Think of it this way: like if LeBron James, and I'm just making this as an example because everybody knows LeBron James, he's an amazing basketball player. What if he? What if he was an addict? What if no one ever knew LeBron James, right? And, and what if he never became his best self because he was an alcoholic? Now maybe he would have lived by himself and he would just drink by himself and, and it looks like he's not causing the world harm but to be honest like the world knows his name he impacted a lot of people and I'm not trying to like say he's a he's a you know a fucking he's an athlete right I'm saying there's there's better role models than that he just came to mind but my point is there are so many people that have the potential to impact the world and to be known and to have a positive impact on others. And that addiction robs not just them, not just their family, but the people that you don't know. There is this ripple effect in the universe that is real as fuck. It re- it's real. And the closer that we become our best selves and the closer that we just gain strength from being sober and living How we're supposed to be listening to our intuition, truly being who we're supposed to be and not getting caught up in these negative vices that suck the life out of us. As long as we're not doing that, we can have a positive impact. We all have our zone of genius. My zone of genius just happens to be I'm a fucking addict. I'm in recovery and maybe I can help people get sober because I did. All I was really good at was getting high, doing drugs and totally ruining my life in a very painful way. I was very, very good at that. I excelled in that area, no doubt. And overcoming those things today, right? Who knows what's gonna happen a month from now, a year from now, to you know, five years from now. But for today, because I've remained sober long enough I can pass along this message of hope because I'm leading by example and maybe just maybe someone who's listening to this now can change their perspective and turn their life around because I broke that belief system in my head years ago and all of a sudden it gives people hope. It gives people faith. And we all have this capability, we've all been through shit in life, and we can give hope to others. We can change others perspective on things that maybe seem negative in the moment, but might end up being one of the best things that ever happened to you. Because the story is not done being written. Life is a journey. It's a process. It's an experience that is constantly ongoing, and you can't truly tell. What is a bad thing or a good thing in the moment? As devastating as it may be or as joyful and pleasant as something may be, you truly don't know the the outcome of such said thing until later on when you connect the dots. So the insanity of addiction for me ended up being one of the biggest blessings in my life. And that's fucking crazy. Because there's someone listening to this right now that might be able to relate to all the insanity, might be going through it right now. And you might come to this realization that, well, if this guy did it and I can relate to all the feelings and emotions and things that he went through when he was younger, then maybe I can do that too. And maybe just like that little belief system. That little crack in the armor, that little chink in the armor and changing the way that we look at things, changing the way that we perceive things and realizing that we're just one choice, one decision away from having a completely different life. Maybe you get some, maybe you get some relief in that. Maybe that sparks you to have a totally different life. So that's what I got for today, guys. That's the insanity of addiction and the insanity of addiction can also become your zone of genius. It can become the best thing that ever happens to you as fucking wild and crazy as that sounds. It's just the truth. I'm living it. So I will continue to be here. If you want help, if you want to get better, hopefully you look at my, my tests, how, see how I've turned my tests and and made it into my testimony. And if you want to get help, you want to change, hit me up. My number is 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. Much love, guys.